welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that talks to other podcasters about their podcasts. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM or on Twitter at SMYM underscore FM. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I've got Stu King on. He's the host of Character Crusade, a podcast that talks about the video game Skyrim and sort of the role-playing elements and the storytelling elements of said game. And we talk about his uh podcast being on youtube and having a youtube channel and transitioning back to podcasting and where that's all fit in and just different elements of podcasting that are interesting in terms of storytelling and and things like that maybe some ideas for a show you might want to do so tune in listen well obviously you are keep listening thanks for listening enjoy the show Well, I've not attempted a live stream yet, but we're kind of, you know, we're we're promising our listeners that if we reach a point in in our Patreon donations that we'll do that. Right. And uh so I'm I'm really nervous about hitting that point. Although it, it doesn't look like I'm going to hit it anytime soon, so it should be it should be okay. <laughs> well, let's just jump right in actually. I'll, but that's an interesting point because you you mentioned Patreon and Mm-hmm. you know, promising stuff for listeners later, which maybe you can hear good stuff. We did it wrong and we gave them the stuff for free. You know, why would they want to pay for it? Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of like live streams and stuff like that and, and things like that, but that's a, I know that's an interesting struggle that, that we sort of have the balance of sponsors and, and listener support and, and things like that and stuff I'm wrestling with. It's how to, how to best manage all that. Um, but with, with your show with character crusade, Going back a bit, I guess, what what was the initial sort of start of the show for you and where, where did it originate? Well, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because uh, I've been a YouTuber uh, for a couple of years now. I've I've had um, a YouTube channel called Couch Warrior TV, which I've been running for about two and a half years. And uh, that was really just something I started, you know, as a lark because... I was looking for something to do. Apparently, I'd run out of hobbies or something. And I, I was looking for, you know, something new to do. So I started this YouTube channel and it kind of uh, went down this road I didn't expect. And it got, you know, I, I, popular is not a not the right word for it. I, I would say that the people who are, you know, regular viewers of Couch Warrior TV are more like sort of a a little subculture um, that's really into role playing specifically that that style of playing games like Skyrim. Well, eventually what happened is, you know, after a couple of years of running that, it sort of took over my life because the the videos kept getting more complicated to produce. I was pouring more and more time into it. And I finally got to a point where, you know, uh, friends and family were putting pressure on me to kind of ease off a little bit. And I thought, you know, it's probably a good idea. So I I took a year off and started really thinking about, you know, what sort of time I do have and and what can I do with that time. And I thought, you know, I've always loved podcasting. I spent about a year um, kind of researching what it might take for me to start up a podcast of my own. And I was listening to a lot at that time, including uh, this one. And, uh, you know, I thought... If, if I were to take all the video production stuff out of the equation and really focus on the audio, I might be able to actually fit that into the time bucket that I have available. Um, so for me, kind of this, this transition to podcasting was, 
in a way, uh, I was very excited about it because it was new and for me, and I love podcasting and all that stuff. But it was also sort of a response to this idea that YouTube had gotten to the point where I just couldn't sustain what I was doing anymore and expect to have a life. And so, you know, for me, it was about saying, okay, well, if I've got this time bucket, what could I do given this time and do really well and still have fun with? Right. And that's where Character Crusade came in. And it was really born of what was going on in the YouTube channel. Um, the, the style of video that I was making was not your typical let's play. I'm kind of a one trick pony. I, I pretty much do exclusively Skyrim and I, I do a very heavy kind of role play style. It's kind of cinematic. And I thought maybe I could take some of the things I learned while doing that let's play and create a podcast that was designed to help other people who were, you know, like-minded figure out new and different ways that they could experience the game. So that's really where it came from. Right. And so for folks who don't aren't, are completely like clueless as far as YouTube stuff, what's a, a let's play? Well, what a let's play is, is basically, um, you know, individuals who kind of start up a YouTube channel and they play through um, some of their favorite games, offering commentary along the way. And, you know, I think there's different styles of Let's Play. Some of them are obviously designed for entertainment. Some of them are designed to be almost like tutorials, right? On some games that are maybe more difficult. So you see a lot of Let's Players out there who are popular for different reasons. Some of them, it's just you know, the, the pure, uh, presence of their personality. They're, they're very funny or, um, you know, witty and engaging in different ways. And, and people tune in regardless of what game they're playing, just because they love the person's personality. And there's something about that, that draws them in. In other cases, it's really about the game. So somebody is looking to make an investment in a game and they may go out and, you know, look at some some let's players to kind of get a feel for what the game is like, how difficult it is, or those who are already immersed in a game who are looking to figure out how to, you know, how to crack a puzzle or something like that. They may go out to, you know, check out a, a let's player to see how they're doing it. But typically a let's play is, you know, an individual will start at the beginning of a game and kind of do a playthrough. And then we as viewers get to ride along and sort of look over their shoulder as they're going and hear their thoughts and ideas about the game as they're playing it. So that's really what it is. Yeah, it's something I've I've messed around a little bit with. I can't remember if I've ever publicly admitted it on this show, but <laughs> on doing <laughs> things like uh, play through Minecraft and stuff and did uh-huh. a bit of a challenge because my kids were into Minecraft. So I sort of yeah stumbled into that world and was like, I like creating stuff and you know recording things, obviously. That's why I do podcasts. But it was kind of a unique experience of trying to do the video thing where you're narrating what's happening and and trying to like yeah juggle all that so definitely it's a it's more of an art i think than people probably give it credit i would guess because i know when i mentioned to a few friends that i was trying this out the reaction wasn't like uh wow that's really awesome (laughs) (laughs) right right but well yeah the first step in admitting uh you know is is admitting you have a problem chris you have to (laughs) you know that's kind of where what it came down to for me was that um it started out as a fairly straightforward let's play. And, you know, Skyrim is kind of a single player RPG style game. And it, it's very flexible. It's Skyrim is a sandbox, you know, and that's part of what drew me to the game is um, all the ways in which you could impact the game um, by using outside tools like the creation kit to build your own plugins for the game and stuff. 
And I, it started out as a simple let's play, but very quickly involved into something much more where I was doing cinematics and I was writing scripts and I was doing music production. And, and it got to the point where, um, you know, at the start I was producing 30 minute episodes. And when I ended, um, I was producing episodes that, you know, were about two hours long and took somewhere between 15 and 20 extra hours of production just to, to make them work. Wow. Um, so it, it got out of control pretty quickly. So, (laughs) and was that in response to, like, I, I find YouTube uh, coming from the podcast world, I find YouTube, um, sorry, the audio podcast world, I guess I find YouTube fascinating because everything's transparent in the sense that like your subscriber, I guess you could hide it, I think, but subscriber numbers, viewing, like, uh, the amount Mm -hmm. of views your video has had, all that kind of stuff is right there on your, your, uh, your show page or your, your channel and stuff like that. And not that it's just about the numbers and stuff, but it is kind of like an addicting, just in the same way that podcasting download numbers and stuff can be addicting, but there's just even more metrics that you can like be aware of because you're actually, there's the subscriber number is an actual number. It's not just sort of a rough guesstimate like we have in podcasting. And, uh, and so you get notifications when it goes up obviously or down or whatever and and things like that. And so, um, I know I found when I've done it, it's it there's that instant gratification of feedback or or sadness i guess so when yes when something doesn't yeah. work as well as you thought or put not a, mm-hmm. the viewers don't tune in as much and things like that um and uh and i forget where i was going with this question exactly but just that it's it's a fun sort of playground i guess for a creator to play on but was did it kind of like get to the point where the revenue i guess potentially wasn't as great as you hoped or something or did you or were you even worried about revenue from like ad money ad clicks yeah. and stuff to be honest i didn't give a crap about revenue really <laughs> i just i i i don't know i i got i've always been a gamer so uh you know i think i played my first game of advanced dungeons and dragons when i was 11 or 12 and have gotten kind of sucked into this whole this whole kind of role play idea it's sort of the something exciting about, you know, creating a character and building a story. And I've always kind of gone beyond just creating a character. You know, it's always been, oh, I got to have a psychological profile and I got to have a background and I got to understand what motivates them. And I got to, you know, like over the top. And so when Skyrim came along, uh, up to that point, I'd been playing a lot of games that I really enjoyed, but none really sort of took a hold of me like Skyrim did. And I think what it was, was the fact that with a PC version of the game, I really had the power, if I was willing to put in the time, to um, impact the environment and, and kind of make it do what I wanted it to do and actually create characters that, for me, uh, were really sort of vivid, really captured, you know, the picture I had in my mind, right? right. So for me, it was, never, it was never really about the money. That was kind of an afterthought for me because I started out... Uh, on the Xbox and you know I, I got a ways in and realized I could only take the game so far on console and then I was approached by uh, a partner network and they said you know hey you know we, we see you're starting to you know get some traction get some momentum we're interested in sponsoring you and I said nah don't no, thanks and I, I turned down three different sponsorship offers before I finally um, accepted an offer from N4G three, you know N4G TV 
Uh, and the reason I accepted their offer was not because um, I thought the profit potential was good, but because they gave me access to literally a bottomless supply of royalty-free music and sound effects. And I knew that even though I was going to be giving them a larger percentage of any profits I might make on the channel, um, I was going to have access to all these production assets that I could use to make my stories even better. Um, and so really that was the driver for me. And I've never really paid attention too much to the numbers. To be honest, uh, despite my channel's success, it, it's, it's a really narrow niche. So success is relative, right? And I probably, I probably make enough money off the YouTube channel to, you know, to keep me, you know, supplied with Starbucks for the month. That's, that's yeah. really about it, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, that's the other side of it. I think people have read articles about, and this isn't a podcast all about YouTube. We'll get to podcasting here in a second. But people yeah. have read articles all about the, the the minority of people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a month or whatever mm -hmm. off some crazy channel that they have and, and, and then sort of translate that and think, well, everybody's making buckets of money off YouTube. But yeah, I know my Minecraft channel that's been going for a year and a bit has 200 some subscribers and uh, I forget how many views it is or whatever, but basically with that money, I've made enough now over a year that I've paid for my copy of Minecraft. <laughs> so that tells you. <laughs> that's, a yeah, bit what, that's pretty typical. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, but after this podcast, you'll have one more subscriber. Right. So, <laughs> I'll yeah. put a link in the show notes. If somebody's really desperate for uh, <laughs> yeah, some exactly. rather dry, uh, Minecraft stuff. I, I actually did it on the premise of dadding my way through Minecraft where it was like kind of explaining it as if my son was going to watch this or whatever. He's since obviously surpassed what it, he would need to watch my videos for. <laughs> right. But, uh, but sort of that idea, I figured, well, there's other parents out there who are completely baffled by what their kids are getting into with Minecraft. Mm -hmm. So might as well try and explain it from a parent because there's lots of kids who do, you know, here's what's going on in Minecraft, but they kind of gloss over any sort of stuff that, you know, obviously is very familiar with them. And so I was trying to sort of come at it from a parenting perspective, but that is a, that's actually a good approach. I don't think there's a lot of that going on out there, you know, no, so yeah. I think that's great. So anyways, we'll see. Maybe now we'll get the thousands more subscribers and I'll that's be... right. This, this is the bump you were needing. <laughs> yeah, <right> exactly. <laughs> but anyways, back to the podcast, I can understand now it's funny because I'm sitting in the podcast circle thinking, Oh, YouTube seems like the, the next phase or, or fun place to play. And you're sort of coming from YouTube saying podcasting is kind of like nice, easier, a uh, little less stress and a little less work maybe or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so sort of going that way. But uh, I noticed that you do, we'll sort of segue here a little bit here with YouTube, but the, you do still post audio, audio or videos with just audio, I guess is what I'm trying to say, mm -hmm. to your YouTube channel. And they get, I mean, I can see the numbers, 400 views, whatever, for an episode, which is, I don't know how that relates to your audio downloads and stuff on the show, but... That is, I know we've experimented with it in the past uh, with good stuff and obviously with a channel that has 20 subscribers like ours did, I think, at the time. And you're not going to get more than the subscribers you have, at least initially. Um, but has it been worth the, the, it obviously takes a lot of time to just export an audio only video, even if it's just right. one still frame. It's been worth it, I guess, to sort of continue publishing to YouTube. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um the, the good news is I'm not in this alone. I'm, I'm doing this podcast with two of my best friends, uh, Joe and Matt, and we kind of, uh, we sort of divide the labor. So that certainly helps. And I sort of uh, feel an obligation a little bit, you know, to my YouTube audience, um, people who've been loyal to my channel. 
Um, it's kind of funny because I sort of, there's a lot of, you know, supposed, uh, YouTube professionals out there who will tell me that I'm doing absolutely everything wrong, which, which I probably am. Uh, you know, my episodes are too long and my niche is way too narrow and, you know, I don't, uh, I don't publish, um, often enough or whatever it is. Um, but I, I sort of feel like the folks who have subscribed to the YouTube channel have been really loyal and really engaged. And when I disappeared for a year, they were, you know, like worried. They were sending me messages like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Or what's going on? And so, you know, I really feel like I owe it to them to make sure that they have access to the content and the way they'd like to consume it. And uh, selfishly also, I'm, I'm looking for them to help me a little bit uh, reach some of these new folks who, who are maybe more into podcasting that, that might also benefit from the content we're producing. So, but it does make it sort of a challenge when I'm trying to figure out what my numbers are. I'm trying to aggregate between what I'm seeing in my podcast stats and what I'm seeing on the YouTube channel stats. And I, you know, I just kind of munge them together and say, well, it seems like it's this number, um, you know, based on what I'm seeing over here and over here. Uh, but you know, I really don't, it's really difficult to, to truly understand what the listening behavior is of, of those people who are, who are taking in the content. So, right. Cause in addition to YouTube, you're using SoundCloud, I noticed. And, yeah. and then on the site, what do you, is that played off, uh, was that Squarespace or what is that? I didn't look too deep, but yeah, the website runs on Squarespace and I use, uh, Squarespace to generate my RSS feed. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm just, you know, popping in, uh, I'm popping in the URL to the file hosted on SoundCloud there. And then, uh, everything comes from, from the Squarespace site. So, okay. Yeah. So you got SoundCloud for hosting and then, yeah, the Squarespace generates your RSS feed, which you submit to iTunes and that's where that goes. So your stats are basically through SoundCloud. You get your sort of main audio stats, I guess. Yeah. Downloads and stuff. That's yeah. Yep. So kind of what I've been doing is taking a look at an episode, for example, um, like episode seven. And that was our, that was kind of our first foray into, you know, changing over to a bi-weekly podcast and going with a longer format episode. So I'll take a look at my numbers in SoundCloud, you know, for a given period of time. And then I'll take a look at my numbers in YouTube and kind of mash them together and sort of use that at least as the measuring stick for how I'm doing at this point. Not, you know, I'm not sure whether sponsors care uh, or not, but I certainly care. So I'm looking at kind of that, that aggregate number. Yeah. Which is good. And that's where, again, like SoundCloud is neat in that it's, it is a bit of the YouTube style of like, again, public, you know, download or plays and, and yeah. likes and all that kind of stuff. And subscribers is all public and, um, and, and out in the open and stuff, which I think in the end, I, I really feel like actually would help podcasting in general if we all just kind of turn those things public anyways. Yeah. It, it feels like it, it's really worked fairly well in the YouTube community and the, that transparency. And then sponsors know exactly what they're getting and how one person compares to another and there's no sort of i guess you could uh, fudge your numbers but <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah with stuff like that and that's where um i think they like uh, i appreciate that anyways the effort it goes that you have to put in to get your stuff out there onto a variety of platforms but um i think it the, these days especially it, it's kind of just is almost on us to do that because people are going to be everywhere and you can't just force them to come to the one place you want to publish it you sort of have to be 
be where the people are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of do. And, um, you know, I, I sort of like the idea, too, that the YouTube experience um, of our podcast gives us an opportunity in the future to, to do some other things, right? So we can, you know, Matt, right now, I'll, I'll produce the audio for the podcast. And then I put that up on SoundCloud. And, and once it's up there in private mode, Matt will download it. And then he'll put together the video. And usually, you know, we kind of have a templated process uh, for putting together the video. But then after he's got the video up on YouTube, he'll go in and add annotations. So as we're talking about, you know, different mods or things for the game, um, he'll include, you know, links and stuff like that. You know, he'll put in a URL so people can kind of see where the mention of the mod was and we'll, we'll have links in the show notes and stuff like that. I would love to see, you know, a bit more of an interactive experience with those videos later on. Um, if we can, you know, find a way to do that, um, in such a way that it, it doesn't cause Matt to end up divorced, yeah. you know, or <laughs> <Right>. something, but <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of fun it, to me. That's sort of a little Easter egg, right. For, for those people who've been, um, loyal subscribers to the channel for so long. So, yeah, and that's why I hadn't actually clicked through the more link on the YouTube episode just to see the all the time code stamps and stuff that you can click through, obviously to the to the uh, the video with the audio and and you do that as well. You have that on your show notes on your episode page too, which is is one of those things that is it takes time and but is rewarding for those listeners who are interested and or pay attention to that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. And, uh, I think again is that idea of like serving the fans who are your biggest fans sort of first almost and and mm -hmm. then people will follow that or, or they'll sh spread the word because they appreciate the effort you're doing and spread that out around so um yeah what's with with taking the so you went from the let's plays to now doing podcast form is it are you sort of doing some storytelling elements and stuff with your podcast or is it more just discussing the game and and modifications and sort of the the experience of the game or is there some in-game elements stuff that you bring to the audio podcast? Well, um, really so far, um, our focus has really been on, on helping people have a more immersive and engaging play experience. So what, what we like to think of our, we like to think of our podcast is sort of an incubator for ideas on different ways to approach the game because you know, it's it's very easy um, when when you start this game, you just kind of create a vanilla sort of generic character and you start experiencing quests. It's not until you've been through the game once or twice, um, you know, in, in different ways that you start to appreciate the potential. So what we do is we try to kind of create this environment where we can discuss different ideas about character concepts you could you could play through in this game that would allow you to have a completely different experience the second time through than what you had the first time through and the mods that you can use in the game to support whatever that concept is. So uh, in the studio last night, we recorded episode eight and that one is all about this concept of circles of character conflict. And the whole episode is really focused on how you can use these concentric circles of personal conflict, interpersonal conflict, and societal conflict to define how your character would react in a given situation and, and create a character that is, is 
based more, I think, on sort of the real psychological factors that might affect a character in a novel or in a movie or in a screenplay or, or whatever. Um, so, so we're trying to, you know, give people some new tools they could use to enhance or change the way that they think of character in game. And it, when you do that, it has a tendency to change the entire experience. The whole game can feel different uh, just based on how you approach the quest lines um, based on your mindset when you go in. So what we try to do is help people, you know, come up with ideas like that and give them some, some uh, food for thought, some links to some stuff that may support whatever their ideas are or things they're trying to do. And then we also try to, you know, address the listener mail. Um, and when people, people send us a lot of questions. And so we've been trying to start to hit some of those questions and uh, that's been a lot of fun too. So. Yeah, and so for folks who've never played the game, I guess, and Skyrim would be like one of the more recent ones. I mean, it's, I guess, three or four years old now, probably, right? I, I think. Yeah, something like it that. came out in uh, 2011. Right. And I've played uh, maybe three hours of it or whatever on the Xbox at one point. I bought it or rented it and, and played it. But um, just knowing my own uh, ability to get lost in a game like that and then also knowing, like you said, the time that it takes and recognizing that if I had this for a long time I in my possession, I probably would lose my family. <laughs> and so for my own sanity, I, I right. uh, yeah, took returned the game, but whatever, but, but I had a lot of fun with it. And it is kind of like that, that open world aspect that maybe people don't appreciate about a lot of maybe modern games, but especially sort of role-playing Dungeons and Dragons kind of games where it's, there is a, a quest line, a story that you can follow if you want to, but you don't have to and mm-hmm. kind of move things along as you want to and but then go off and explore other things and um and which is i think i guess with podcast with a podcast about that you're kind of having to um hope and ask your listeners to follow along and uh i don't know if the, not necessarily suspend disbelief but just like mm-hmm. follow along that we're we're talking seriously about this thing that is just a video game at its core right yep and and i think that's what's so interesting and in this day and age of having podcasts available like this, whereas, you know, in the, in the past, um, back days of being in high school or whatever, you kind of would get mocked for some of that kind of stuff or whatever. And, and, but now it's like a, with nerd culture being what it is and it's a popular thing. It's so great that it's a, a thing that we, you can do and find the community. And I think that's what maybe I was listening to the episode seven, I think, and just kind of that idea you guys hit on of this is, uh, something that used to be done, in with groups of people playing Dungeons and Dragons, role playing right. games and stuff in a room together, you had to because there wasn't any other way to do it. And now people sort of have retreated to their video game caves and do it solo. And you guys are kind of bringing that back of that sort of like group dynamic of, hey, let's talk about how this all interplay works and what you could do here and all that kind of stuff. And I think I would guess that's probably part of what and you alluded to is you know, what's sort of hit on that so success for your podcast with your audience as a result of that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the pencil and paper games um, are great social experiences. You know, they're, you know, you're sitting around the table with your friends and you're playing this game. You're having this experience together and, you know, you're eating a lot of junk food and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. But, uh, you know, what you're missing then in a game like Skyrim is the social experience. And, I don't, 
you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, play MMOs, um, Elder Scrolls Online or, you know, World of Warcraft, stuff like that. To me, that doesn't, well, it has an, an, an element of multiplayer experience. That, to me, is not a social experience. Um, to me, a social experience is getting together with your friends and playing a game. But I find myself to be a lot less interested in pencil and paper games these days. Um, what I what I what I like about Skyrim, like I said, is the sandbox element of this. It's not just if you're playing it on PC. It's not just a game that you install and you play through from beginning to end. Um, it is an open world environment. The quests that you do, there's a lot of quests in there. Uh, and the ones that you do, uh, it's up to you to decide. They're, they're optional. You pursue whatever it is you want to pursue. But even more important is the fact that when Bethesda produces a game like this, they also produce a creation kit, which is a set of tools that allow the game community to build uh, all the mods and plugins they want for this game um, that do anything from simple retextures of of standard armor in the game to completely new sets of armor and player homes and new continents and new experiences it's it's very it's incredible what you can do with the creation kit and to me that's where the sandbox element of this thing comes in so if i'm saying to myself it's really important i i want to play a character who has this particular trait or this particular style of armor that fits either their personality or their background or whatever organization it is I've dreamed up in my head or whatever that is, I can go into creation kit and I can, I can make it, you know, if it's not in the game, I can make it, which to me, um, it sort of appeals to that, to that side of my brain. That's always been into Legos, you know, and stuff like that, where I can make stuff, give me the framework and I can build, you know, and I love that aspect of it. So, and is there an element of, uh, forgive this me if this is, uh, uh, a dumb question about the game, but is there an element of that where you then you could create something that then I would take and play on my computer somewhere like, yep. like where you're sharing the, that like you could create an interactive experience of some sort in addition, like that's an add on or whatever to the game that then you share. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I've done for my game is, you know, I, I have a, a character that is a warrior and he's wearing armor that looks sort of like Roman armor and I hated the default texture, you know. So um, uh, I'm a user experience designer by trade. I know my way around Photoshop. I've been using it for years. So I went and created my own texture, uploaded it into the game and said, wow, that looks much better. I'm happy now. And I was able to package that up and uh, I, I put it out as what I dubbed a micro mod. Uh, for the Patreon community, and they can simply download it and follow the simple install instructions, and bang, they have, you know, they have a a, a slightly better, in my view, set of default armor. So, it, you know, it can be something simple like that, or there's other folks out there who've in create, you know, created entire islands where you can travel now and do all kinds of different quests and see completely new things. So even after you've been playing the game for three years, you can still have a completely new experience. It, it breathes life into the game that I think a lot of games just don't benefit from, right? So, right, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's, again, going back to sort of the, the, the podcast angle on this is then discussing those things, talking about how you can uh, create 
things or, or interviewing people who have created those things, that kind of thing, I guess, would be sort of the sort of the future plans. You're, you're about seven, you said eight episodes recorded, seven episodes published as we record this. But, mm-hmm. um, and I think, uh, I just think as a sort of exploring this as an, an interesting idea that people who maybe are interested in podcasting, they maybe have a hobby like a video game of some sort that they do and not sure how to connect the two maybe into something that they'd want to do as a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting way of, of sort of of doing that, I guess, bringing those two things together that isn't necessarily video because that seems like the obvious now these days is like, well, obviously you do a Let's Play or a video channel on YouTube, right. which you still could do, obviously, but um, you can still do some of this in audio form, I guess, is what I'm getting at and, and people will want to listen and and interact with that kind of community, I think, is what what you've seen anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm starting to see some interesting crossover, too, between, you know, folks who are gamers and also people who are writing fan fiction and stuff. And they want to use some of the things that we're talking about as tools or methods to create more vivid characters for their stories. And that's been a real interest of mine as well as seeing I'm I'm borrowing, uh, you know, I'm borrowing models and ideas um, from, you know, from the world of, you know, novels and screenplays. Um, some of the tools that I'm suggesting and some of the things that we talk about on the podcast are, you know, tools that are great for writers who are looking to create more vivid worlds or to really kind of unmask, you know, the secret motivations of, of you know, what makes great characters in a story and stuff like that. So I'm interested in that sort of crossover as well. There's quite a few people who are into role play who are also, you know, writers who are, you know, making up their own stories or writing fan fiction or publishing a blog, you know, and stuff like that. So that has been interesting to me is to, to hear uh, from people, you know, through the website who are saying, oh, I'm writing this thing. And, you know, the, what you were talking about with, with character weakness and limitations gave me some great ideas and stuff. So that's really gratifying to hear that, too. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a discussion I had with uh, Aaron Menke, who's back on episode 86 of this show, Show Your Mic, who at that time was six episodes into his new podcast called Lore that he's since gotten gone crazy popular, not because of being on Show Me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could describe to that. but <laughs> <laughs> I was, love that podcast, by the way. I yeah. I do it all the time. So. And, but it, I was just thinking as you're talking and thinking about him as a writer who then just, or stumbled into the podcast world and has found obviously huge success with that, but like, the story he's telling, there's no reason why, like it's an interesting story and we kind of believe, we assume and believe that it's true, but there's no reason why somebody couldn't just take that sort of premise and that idea and turn it into a fantasy element that I wouldn't even necessarily have to know is based in the Skyrim universe or whatever, but it could be. And you, you could jump off of that. So someone could go take a, maybe there is already stuff out there like that. I don't know. But um, as a podcast idea, if you're a writer and, and storyteller, take that and and you can sort of create this other avenue of sort of outlet for your writing and stuff that is is interesting and obviously by the success of lore that uh, Aaron's tweeted about and stuff has gone crazy gangbusters so uh, yeah. people are obviously hungry doubt. for that yeah without a doubt and i i think the the goal here is what what i've discovered through doing my let's play is because it turned into such an immersive sort of serial adventure people People watch the Let's Play I produced as if it were a TV show. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've heard from uh, viewers who have watched it 17 times through, I think is the record <laughs> now, which is amazing when you consider there's more than 100 videos in that series, some of which are two hours long. Um, and, 
what I, what I discovered through that process though, was that, um, how immersive and, and how fun the game is to play completely depends on your investment in the character and, and how you can, you know, create a character that's vivid enough that you can see how all of these seemingly different, you know, quest lines would kind of weave together into some, some kind of a cohesive story that makes sense based on a character's motivations and stuff. So one of the questions I get all the time is from people who are like, well, I want to create one, you know, one character who can do, you know, these quest lines, but I can't really understand how, you know, a warrior character would be motivated to go to the mage college. You know, mm-hmm. and I said, well, you know, here's a framework. Think about this or try this or, you know, whatever. So we had a listener mail in last night's recording that was, you know, just that thing. You know, somebody's I, I want to create a savage orc who somehow, you know, finds civilization and becomes, you know, civilized and refined. And but, but I don't know how to do that. And it was great because that one simple question, uh, Joe and Matt and I must have riffed for 20 minutes um, on, on how a person could do that given what is provided to you in Skyrim, either with or without mods. And, you know, as we went along, the the ideas just kept coming and got better and better. And it's that mind share that is so exciting to me um, that we get going during the podcast. That, that That's my favorite part of it. It's just, you know, it's sitting down with my buddies who are just ex, as excited about the game as I am and riffing for a couple hours on ideas. It's just super fun to me. So, And do they, like the three of you, there isn't a mechanism in Skyrim itself to play the game together, right? Or is not there? yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, there are several modders out there who are working on co-op experiences for Skyrim, and they're very close to being doable. It's amazing what what people are doing. But yeah, it's 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 possible now to actually explore Skyrim with a friend, um, but there are some limitations, you know, uh, right now. I don't think. Um, I think there's some problems when you get into battle situations and stuff like that, but you can actually walk around Skyrim and see your friend and see what they're wearing and what their character looks like and all that stuff. You can do that now. Right. So I think, I feel like we're, the modders are getting pretty darn close. They're, they're super smart and resourceful and uh, they're going to get there. That's so. crazy. It's, it's just so interesting that like, a, is it Bethesda you said is behind Skyrim? Yes. That, you know, there's people who are like dedicated enough that they're trying to write, you know, some sort of co-op multiplayer code for this game that doesn't have it and they're still they're not willing to like (laughs) help them out or whatever but yeah well it's you know what what i have always thought is so brilliant about this is is bethesda you know uh, yes they're they're extending the life of the game by producing this creation kit platform but in addition to that there's literally thousands and thousands of mods that have been created for this game over the last three years which you know if they were smart, and I know they are, they'd be looking at the analytics and saying, look at what people are downloading. Look at what they're interested in. Look at what they're endorsing. And how can we fold that into the next version of this game? I mean, it's this endless font of, of marketing information uh, about this really sort of hardcore target market they have of, of people who are into this kind of game. Um, so if they're paying attention, and I assume they are, they they will be taking notes and building that stuff into the next version. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they do this for fallout too. I mean, they create a, a creation kit uh, style tool for, you know, fallout three and I'm sure, sure there'll be one for fallout four as well. So, right. 
So in, in wrapping up sort of the Skyrim itself discussion, where if someone was interested in starting the game, is it just best to just go grab the game for whatever platform, PC, Xbox, whatever they have, and just dive in? Is there sort of a, uh, uh, maybe a, a Let's Play or something or a place that you'd recommend they check out to sort of see the game if they've never experienced it before? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, get the disc, dive in, but understand that if, if you think that you might be interested in, in modding the game in the future, you need to be on PC to do that. You can't do that on console. If you're just interested in getting a little bit um, of flavor for the game, there are, all, there, there are a number of, of YouTubers out there who are really excellent. I tend to gravitate towards those YouTubers who are the same sensibility that I am. They're not power players. They're about the experience. So it's about uh, sort of the immersive quality of the game and uh, role play. So obviously you can go to uh, my channel, Couch Warrior TV, and check out any of those. But there's some other ones. One of my favorites is called the Jessa Channel. Uh, She does this amazing, she's got this amazing style. I've never seen anybody do it before of role playing where in this game, you can switch the character between first-person and third-person view. Hmm. And so what she does is when she's in first-person view, she speaks um, she, she sort of um, speaks in the character's voice. She acts as the character. When, when she switches to third-person view, she changes her perspective as if she were this sort of omnipotent guardian angel and has conversations with the character as though they're talking back and forth to one another and they argue and stuff, and it's crazy, but it works. <laughs> um, and then uh, another one, you know, and these are, these are sort of little-known channels, but they, they do some really cool things, uh, is Nyissa Gaming. Uh, she has been a follower of my channel for a while, and I, I love her style as well. Very immersive and kind of relaxing and calming way to play the game. It's it's kind of interesting. And then uh, another one is Caladran. Uh, she's also great too, and she's from Finland, but you know, she doesn't do any talking in her videos that that I'm aware of. Um, it's just play, and but she she has a game that she's absolutely modded to the hilt, and she must have a PC that's just a monster because. The graphics are beautiful and everything's in HD and it's really just gorgeous to look at. So Yeah, that's what I noticed even on my now quite aging Xbox 360 playing uh, Skyrim is just how incredible the just the scenery and the stuff works looks. And um, coming from, you know, watching Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit or whatever, and you see that world, which is obviously the CGI sort of half world, half CGI created world and then you dive mm-hmm. into something like this a video game and there is it's getting harder and harder to tell the difference between what's a cinematic movie experience that you know people have worked on for three years versus this video game that you know people have probably worked on for three years as well obviously um, yeah it's it's crazy if you haven't touched like maybe played them way back like i did tons of hours back when you were younger and haven't touched them in a while it feels very overwhelming to dive into them. I know when I just fired up Skyrim, it kind of just felt like, holy crap, there's so many options, this open world. It's a little bit intimidating and overwhelming to get into, but, but then just sort of taking one step at a time into it, obviously. And, um, it is kind of that fun, immersive story that you can walk through if you want to. And, and whether you do all the side chain experiences and stuff as well mm-hmm. on top of that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's actually, I'm video, video game segue. That's, uh, with, uh, I've been playing Destiny a little bit lately on Xbox, oh, okay. which is kind of uh, you know the space a space version of that. I'm sure there's people who are angrily yeah. listening to this thing saying there's no comparison between Skyrim, <laughs> Destiny, or whatever. But that open world thing of like yeah. you can do whatever you want, but there's also the storyline to follow, and um, and yeah, so it's uh, just easy to 
uh, lose a few hours definitely. In there, Absolutely. So. There's definitely a movement towards open world environments in games now. Um, people want more options. They want to be able to have uh, the gaming experience they want to have. And you can sort of do that a little bit in an open world environment. So Yeah. And so it doesn't, for you, you've said it doesn't really interest you so much to move on to different games necessarily. You're still, you're still finding uh, interest, love or whatever for Skyrim and excitement in that, that world, right? Yeah, I, I really am. I've been playing the game straight for, you know, I, I got it the day it came out um, in 2011, um, November 11th, 2011. And I've been playing it straight through ever since. I, I can't tell you uh, the bang for my buck I've gotten out of this game. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I, I wore out my first disc um, on Xbox 360, literally wore the disc wow. out. <laughs> And then uh, bought a second copy for Xbox and then finally said, ah, I'm just going to go to to PC and, you know, went to all the trouble of, you know, getting a virtual running on a MacBook and running it on Windows 7 and stuff. It was just kind of a crazy setup I had, but it was worth it because I was able to kind of build some of my own things. So what it seems to be the case is I find myself when I'm not playing, if I if I go um, take a break and I'm not playing the game for a while. I'm building stuff for it or I'm thinking about something I want to build. So, you know, it kind of scratches both those itches for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's neat. And uh, it's awesome that a game like that can have that kind of life. And, uh, and there's as speaking as somebody who's played many hours of Minecraft with my kids and and other games like that. And myself back in the day, like I said, there's, (laughs) I have to say there's no shame in in just loving a game. Like I think that people sometimes who maybe never experienced that idea, kind of think that it's odd like you, you know you'd play through a game and then you're done and you move on to the next game or whatever but i think yeah. there's the the especially even more so these days like i probably being this point over too much but like the immersiveness and the expansiveness of the worlds that you're in there is just so many options and so much freedom in it to play the way you want or try different things that it does make it worthwhile going back and over and over no doubt where to disc <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly so um at the risk of turning this into a video game podcast, which would be a lot of fun if I could I'd do that someday. But I know, the, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, with podcasting, the three of you, I noticed on the last episode, I didn't listen to all seven yet, but the last episode you mentioned something about how you're recording in person. Is that how do you guys actually record the show typically or, or what do you, how do you yeah. do it? Well, that, that's how we want to do it. Um, we, we all live in the Minneapolis metro area and we try to get together uh, every other week and record in person. It really didn't work out so well for us the first uh, six episodes. Um, the first two episodes, uh, we had three of us in the room, but only two mics. So Matt was chiming in from the back 40, you know, every once in a while. Uh, and then um, we, we got him on the mic for episodes three and four, but then Joe was out sick. So then it was just Matt and I, you know, for three and four. Uh, and then for five and six, it was Joe and I in the studio and Matt calling in from New York. And then that, so that was our first foray into Skype. So it really wasn't until episode seven that all of us got into the room together. But that is, is the plan going forward is that whenever possible, we will all be in the same room together recording. Right. And so what kind of gear are you using in when you're recording? in the same room, I guess, start with that and then. Yeah, sure. Um, Joe and I are both using uh, Rode Procaster mics and um, Matt has his own uh, Shure 
microphone. I don't know what the model number is on that, but he's Matt has done some voiceover work and stuff like that, so he's got a big old Pelican case he hauls around with his preferred gear in it. And so he'll roll that, you know, into my office and bolt his, his, his boom to my desk. And it's like, okay, Matt, are you ready now or what? You know, <laughs> but so we've got, you know, three pretty good mics. Um, for me, uh, I've got the two uh, Procasters that are, you know, just on desk stands with shock mounts. And then we plug those into a 12 channel um, Behringer mixing board which uh, records to my PC in Audacity. And then we've got a little splitter thingy we use so that we can all have headphones on and kind of monitor our sound levels as we go. But uh, it's, it, there's been a learning curve, just kind of figuring out what all those knobs do. And so, <laughs> you know, we'll do a sound test. And if it sounds good, I'll take a photo of the mixing board so I can get it set up just the same way next time around. But that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say a photo of the of the board is definitely the if you have kids or you are forgetful and like to play with things. Um, yeah. Either of those or maybe cats and pets too. I guess I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. But sliders and knobs are really tempting for four year old, two year old hands, and uh, that can definitely save your bacon if uh, you forget and someone plays with things, as sometimes happens in my house. Absolutely. Uh, and the the mixer and uh, I don't know if you know the model number of that, but the the splitter that you mentioned, like where you're, that's something I think people don't often think about when they get this fancy mixer and then they think they'll have a couple friends over and they'll record a podcast while we'll sit with our headphones on and not realizing that you just need like a, you can get a couple hundred dollar headphone preamp mixer splitter thing, or you can just get a splitter uh, for that audio cable, the quarter inch or eighth inch jack, um, depending mm-hmm. on your mixer, so that each of you can actually plug because there isn't on most mixers there's only one headphone jack actually and so if you don't have something like that you're kind of hooped as far as actually needing to listen to each other if you want to you don't have to necessarily guess if you're all in the same room but it does help for realizing what's being picked up and not on the audio yeah it absolutely does and for i mean for us um last night's recording was the first time that we'd actually had like a real splitter it's, you know, it's a box with its own power supply and uh, I don't pretend to understand how it works, but we, we plug it into the, into the mixer and then uh, each of us is on a separate channel where we can, you know, independently control the, the headphone volume. And then, um, you know, it's kind of nice now. We've gotten to that point where I understand enough about the mixer that I, you know, I've got, you know, each person on their own channel and then I can adjust uh, their EQ settings independently. So, uh, you know, in Matt's case, in Matt's case, we, you know, he's got a very rich voice, so I'll make some adjustments on there so he's not too bassy. And then for me, I'm making some adjustments so that, uh, you know, I can get my S's under control, stuff like that, you know. Um, but it's really nice. It, it's a really great setup and it's actually really simple. I mean, once I sat down with a manual and kind of went through it, I, I understood what was going on there. Uh, I've also got, you know, some other friends who know more about this stuff than I do who've given me some advice. So it's been pretty great. And then as far as what you're doing inside Audacity, I know you've, you've done... Uh like I said, the the episode I listened to where there's a bit more, there's sound effects and there's intro music and there's uh, yeah. cinematic sort of stuff going on with it. How much time does it take you typically to sort of edit? Uh, and, and any tips there that you've come across or resources, mm-hmm. I guess? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I just have a folder. I mean, uh, with, you know, uh, it's got my intro, uh, it's got my outro music. And then I've got, you know, special folders that are just filled with transitions. So, 
And in the beginning segment of the podcast, we call that character craft and we go through, um, you know, we try to just touch base with each one of the characters that we're playing and how they've progressed since the last episode. And so I try to put in a musical transition uh, before each one of those character segments that kind of fits the personality of the character. So I've got a little folder with Joe's transitions and mine and Matt's. And I'll just usually drop in, um, you know, all of the raw audio and then I'll, I'll pop in all the transitions as separate tracks. Right. And then just kind of, you know, cut and chop and maneuver things around. And where, where I tend to have some problems, Chris, is when it, you know, comes to sort of the final version, normalization, you know, and um, it, it's certainly gotten a lot easier now that we're all on real mics and we have the mixing board. I'm getting a lot more consistency in, in you know, the output uh, from our podcast than what I was getting before. Those episodes we recorded with Matt on Skype, I had to do so much amplification and doctoring and noise removal. It was just really difficult. But yeah. what I'm finding now is that now we've kind of gotten in the groove with with the hardware and, and the way in which we record. So um, the audio I'm dealing with at the beginning is much better than it used to be. So that's that's cut the time down. So for a two-hour podcast, I, I probably, you know, invest maybe an hour or so in, in putting the episode together. Um, I invest probably more than that um, by the time I've actually listened through a test, you know, and stuff. Because I, I listen to, I will listen through the podcast at least one or two times before I commit. Yeah, that's something actually I'll just mention now, um, now that you've, the listener has been listening to this episode uh, for whatever it'll be, an hour almost or something. But um here at Good Stuff, we just recently picked up a license for Ophonic, Ophonic.com, uh, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. And it's a, it's kind of like a, back in the day, people used, well, still use Levelator, which is a bit of a sort of using a chainsaw on your sound levels. <laughs> yeah, Ophonic yeah. would be kind of like the uh, finessed version of that, the uh, whatever, a carving knife. I don't, I don't know what the right analogy is there, but <laughs> right. But anyways, we've, we've just recently picked that up. We've been doing some testing of that on, on other shows and, and picked up their multi, they have a new uh, sort of multi-track processor app that we picked up a license for, for the network and are going to be using it. So this episode will be the first one of show me your mic. I think I can't remember. I may have tested one episode in the past on it, but, um, so I welcome feedback from folks, um, uh, from listeners on the various devices. Cause that's the thing yeah. with podcasts. It's so hard to like, it sounds okay on my laptop. It sounds decent on my my little headphones that I'm listening to, but then someone plugs it into their car stereo or their $6,000 headphones or their whatever, yeah. and it sounds like garbage because it accentuates some weird thing. And, and obviously, we'll never be able to please everybody, I don't think. But um, but yeah, if you have feedback oh. on how this episode sounds as compared to the previous ones, I'd welcome that um, just to sort of know. I mean, it's too late now. We've got the we bought the software, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be listening. Yeah. Uh, w- would you say it's more of a scalpel than a chainsaw? Yeah, maybe that would be the right okay. comparison. <laughs> yeah, I'll be listening. And th- that's a constant problem for me. But the the audio production is, you know, I've kind of got the process down. My intro, I mean, I do lots of intros with, you know, sound effects and stuff. I love doing that audio production work, but I'll produce that as a separate project and then save it out as a, as a wave file and then I drop it in and um, right. Is that something you do in in uh, Audacity as well, or do you use other tools? Yeah, I I do everything in Audacity at this point. So. Yeah, which that's where it's it's incredible for being the free app that it is. What how powerful it is, and um, 
It's awesome. That's uh, yeah. That, that tool is there. <laughs> Absolutely. I got very comfortable with it during the Let's Play, and it's just kind of continued into the podcast at this point. So yeah. Um, all right, and uh, last thing I ask folks is the podcast that you're listening to these days, and uh, as well as what app you you choose to listen to them on. And um, I don't know if you need to grab your phone or device of choice, but uh, bef- while you're doing that, I'll just mention make mention of the fact that. Um, this show, as you may hear, is not brought to you by any official sponsors. We at uh, Good Stuff, well, we don't have one right now, for one, But so if you're interested in that, get in touch with us. But also, um, the way you can support the show is if you visit um, my Patreon page, patreon.com slash iChris, um, or you can visit the show page, uh, goodstuff.fm slash smym slash this is 92, um, and follow a link there if you're interested at all in getting some awesome web hosting a small orange is a company that i'm connected with there that's not an official sponsorship or anything like that but it's uh just your basic affiliate link but if you need some web hosting there's a video tutorial sort of a let's play if you will of, of installing wordpress yeah, there you go on uh, and get it registering your domain and uh <laughs> character development inside wordpress or something no but uh you can follow the link there check out a small orange if you need some web hosting for a wordpress website your podcast all that kind of stuff um great great company and great pricing um and uh but yeah like i mentioned patreon.com slash ichris is where you can support my podcasting efforts a little more directly i'll have more about that coming up in the next few weeks months ahead here as we figure out sort of the direction we're going but um i would really appreciate and welcome and uh and enjoy your support so um podcast that you're listening to podcast i'm listening to um well, there, there's a couple of um, Skyrim-related ones I like to listen to just because I, I, there's lots of good content there, and I feel like uh, it's a good way to sort of support the community, too. One is Elder Scrolls Off the Record. That's been around a long time. Um, they focus on all kinds of different versions of Elder Scrolls games, including um, Elder Scrolls Online as well. So I, I listen to that. Um, there's another one called Skyrimatic, where they, you know, kind of sit around and just have little informal panel discussions about, you know, what's going on in game and what are you learning and what are you doing. Those are sort of fun. Another one is called uh, Elder Lore Podcast, which is really focused on some of the more esoteric aspects of the game. Um, this is a game that actually has a gentleman who's fully employed as a lore master. So uh, this guy, what, what this guy does who runs this podcast is he kind of touches on different aspects of the lore. I don't believe that he's actively creating episodes now, but I keep him in my list. And whenever I'm looking for ideas and stuff, it's a great way to do a little research while I'm on the road or whatever. Um, other than that, I, I love to listen to um, Escape Pod. Uh, Escape Pod is one of my favorites as far as just, you know, sci-fi short stories um, uh, Podcastle is focused on sort of fantasy-related stories. Um, other than that, uh, Game Informer, uh, they're local guys here in Minneapolis. Game Informer is, is, is a Minneapolis company. I like to listen to their uh, game coverage. And then, um, in addition, Story Wonk. Story Wonk is one of my favorites. Um, I'm listening to a show right now called The Journeyman Writer. Where he's doing, like, I think three days a week. He's kind of giving people sort of, you know, writing inspiration and ideas and advice and stuff like that. Uh, stuff that is probably more mainstream. Um, I like listening to uh, hardcore history. I do listen to lore every episode. 
Um, and then also uh, there's another one um, by Eric Molinsky called Imaginary Worlds that I really like. Um, sort of fun. It sort of reminds me um, of it kind of reminds me of lore in a way, but what, what he's touching on is this idea of, you know, all, all the different, uh, imaginary worlds that we create as people and how we suspend our disbelief. So that's one I, I love to listen to as well. And I'm using, um, God, what am I using to listen to podcasts? Oh, I'm using overcast. I'm using overcast. That was a recent change for me. I was just using the default iPhone podcast app for quite a long time, but I switched to overcast just to try something new so nice that's where i'm at yeah it's a great great app good app to try out um cool well that's some, a good uh, variety of, of different kind of shows and podcasts uh, for listeners to go check out um links of course are in the show notes and uh so any plan what sort of future plans i guess for for uh for your podcast you're wanting to mention i guess and then also uh, where can folks check it out yeah well we're Chugging away, uh, we're, our plan is to you know keep moving forward um, as as we are. Um, but we're we're looking. Obviously, this is a biweekly podcast, so we're looking to produce some additional content in the alternate weeks. That's part of the reason we went with SoundCloud as our host. We just weren't sure where we were going to take this and didn't want to run into any bandwidth limitations. So I think right now, though, what we're considering doing is in the off weeks, um, producing some short YouTube videos that would be essentially character profiles where we would highlight a character concept complete with video and we would go over, you know, kind of some, you know, personality traits, some tools a person could use to play the character type, mods that a person could use to support playing that character, and then some examples and maybe trying to produce one of those every two or three weeks and that would be out on YouTube. Of course, it'd be getting plugs on the podcast as well. And they can find us at charactercrusade.com and then of course uh, we're on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes and YouTube and you can hit all those places just, you know, <laughs> itunes.charactercrusade.com. We got subdomains for all of them. So yeah, has that been, uh, I noticed that you, you were doing that, has that been worth sort of the, I mean, it's not really that much extra work, I guess, but just in terms of sort of doing a bit of analytics and tracking, I assume that's sort of why you do that? Or? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's it's been really great. Um, it, well, it certainly uh, rolls off the tongue a lot easier than some of the URLs that I might have <laughs> yeah. to give people, you know, like if I can say go to, you know, soundcloud.charactercrusade.com, boom, it's just done, right? Um but yeah, that's been interesting. I mean, when I look at our site stats, um, our site, our website stats have been um, climbing dramatically. And, but the vast majority of the traffic we're getting is direct traffic. I mean, uh, it's you know people typing in these URLs and coming straight to us. So yeah, it is good because it does help just reinforce your domain rather than someone else's too, as well. If just from an mm-hmm. SEO or whatever mind yeah. share <laughs> yeah, standpoint, absolutely. for sure. So absolutely. Cool. All right. Yeah. So folks definitely go check those out and, and subscribe to the YouTube page and, and stuff. If you're, if you're so inclined on the video side and, uh, obviously on iTunes as well, and make sure you leave a rating and review for character, character crusade. And, uh, and of course show me your mic as well. And, uh, my thanks to you. If you do happen to check out a small orange, which that would be awesome. And also the Patreon page, like I said, patreon.com slash I Chris, um, my Twitter account is iChris, where you can follow me for uh, nonsensical tweets. And then Show Me Your Mic has a, a Twitter account, SMYM underscore FM, for podcasting-related stuff. 
And then, of course, Good Stuff FM is the Good Stuff Network podcast account. You can email me at chris at goodstuff.fm if you have questions or concerns or comments about past episodes or future episodes. Uh, I set up a little where we've sort of, you know, people dive back in and out of different networks and sites and stuff. And mm-hmm. we recently revamped our our Reddit page and trying to sort of see how it might work to use that with uh, the community here at Good Stuff. We're trying to, there's people out there listening, but they don't seem to be wanting to engage too much yet <laughs> they're uh-huh. tentative i guess maybe or something i don't know so we're we're trying different places and seeing where you guys are so um and gals and folks out there and skyrim players and <laughs> everybody <laughs> but, yes especially skyrim yeah. <laughs> but uh so the, i for one thing for show me mike i set up a, a feed or a, a post for suggestions for guests and it'll just be a, an ongoing uh feed uh what's the word I'm supposed to use on Reddit even this shows my ignorance, but uh post on Reddit where uh, people can just leave comments for other people, like people you listen to that you would want me to go approach. It's not that you have to arrange something and, and or it's not something where it's your show and you want to be on the show for that. You can just go to goodstuff.appointlet.com and book yourself in. But maybe there's a show you listen to that you'd love to hear the guest be on show me your mic. Um, and so you can throw that in the, the feed there. I keep saying feed uh, post on Reddit. <laughs> I'll put the link in the post on show me your mic so you can find it. Cause I'm not going to try and repeat the, the Reddit URL, but uh, on there. Um, so we'll try that as a little experiments, reddit.com slash good stuff. sorry, reddit.com slash R slash good stuff. Underscore FM is the, the R subreddit for good stuff. And, uh, so, curious. We'll subdomain. See. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> Reddit.goodstuff.fm is what yeah, I should set done up. Deal. There we go. <laughs> That's not too hard to do. Um, so yeah, that, I'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. Um, like I said in previous episodes, you know, I've sort of I have, not that I've run the gamut of everybody I listen to on a podcast, but I've reached out to the folks who I would want to have on, and they aren't returning my calls or whatever but the folks who i have who have returned my calls and have been on or i've sort of run through that list quite a while ago and so i'm i love chatting with new interesting folks who love to podcast but my time is limited in terms of how many shows i can listen to so that's where i rely on you the listeners to suggest folks so um i'll take care of trying to convince them to come on my little show if you just give me the names of folks to to try out so i would appreciate that um i think that's everything for now be sure to check out Transmission on Good Stuff if you're looking for a, a morning tech science geek show with sound effects. Goodstuff.fm slash transmission is uh, Kyle Roderick's show. And then, of course, just check out Goodstuff.fm for a bunch of other shows uh, that may or may not interest you. And uh, we'd really appreciate all your um, shares on Twitter and Facebook and, of course, reviews in iTunes as well as you have time to do. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. ramble my way through the ending and i i'm sure i i end up talking way more than i plan to or what i have scripted here but um there's no problem with that i i'm a rambler myself and i i have to um keep myself in check sometimes because i i feel like i i don't let the guys always talk you know so (laughs) (laughs) shut me up you know give me a sign or throw your hand in the air or something because i do that but
Yeah. Is it, you've, of the seven episodes you've done, how many in person with all of them? Um, just- all, all three of us together, um, episodes one and two, all three of us were there. And then, uh, the next time all three of us were together was episode seven. Um, you know, there were two in there where Joe was sick and two right. in there where Matt was out of town. So we made our, you know, did our best with those, but, um, I just found that the Skype connection was, I had to do so much doctoring after the fact, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. to, to make it sound nice, but, uh, and yeah, sounding nice, that's debatable, but it sounded okay. No, the show sounds good. That's for sure. But I, I just, that dynamic of being in person, obviously you and I don't, aren't looking at each other and can't see each other and you're right. just sort of waiting for that Skype pause where hopefully the person is done and you can <laughs> respond or yeah. whatever, but well, yeah, for us, we've always thought that that was kind of our secret sauce, right? That we were, we were all in the same room together and, you know, Joe and I, um, you know, he, he and I have been friends for 30 years, you know, so we can finish each other's sentences and Matt, I've known him for 15. So, you know, it's the, the rapport is there and we thought, you know, why uh, limit ourselves to an hour long episode? Let's open this thing up and let it breathe and see where the conversation goes. And it's been great. So, yeah. Yeah. We're very lucky that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, it's not, and it sounds good. You can definitely hear that camaraderie and, and familiarity that that isn't there necessarily on other shows that you you listen to and yeah, possibly even this one where it's, you know, obviously just a guest interview. The interview style is nice because you get like, there's an obvious question and then the guest mm-hmm. responds and sort of that back and forth that feeds out a little more naturally, I think, but still that Skype delay is there too. That is yeah. when I, I know when I edit back, I'm tempted to go back through and just tighten up every single edit, but, or break, but it's, I just don't have time. to, <laughs> to Yeah. Do that it's probably level. not worth it. I yeah. mean, you're, you're going to do the production for this and put it out later today, right? Is that kind yeah? Of- generally, it's if I I know if I leave it beyond a day, then it'll sit there and I'll get overwhelmed with other work stuff, and then yeah, it just won't happen. So I've I have to be efficient as a, as professional and uh, yeah, professional as I can without spending days on it. <laughs> well, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and uh, I I love the show. I, oh, I listen to it all the time. Um, I, I also, um, I, I think, uh, you know, as your, your guest mentioned last, last week, um, I just like the genuine quality of it. And I like, you know, kind of, it's sort of fun to hear, you know, other people's process, you know, and, um, mm. I, I always learn a little something there. I mean, with the three of us, we're always trying to coordinate all of this stuff and, you know, we're using Trello to kind of pull the episodes together, uh, but in the end, we're flying by the seat of our pants a little bit, you know, and, but, you know, it seems to work out okay. But I've learned a few things from past guests and from listening to your show. So I do appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And that's all. And Trello, I didn't even think of mentioning or talking workflow because Trello is a thing yeah. that I think is vastly underused. Or if it is used by a lot of podcasters, they don't talk about it very much because it's, yeah. to me, it seems like the perfect, uh, especially if you're, um, you know, uh, what's where I'm co-working is not the right word. Uh, collaboratively working on the yeah. a podcast together with folks. Uh, like for me, solo, it doesn't really matter where I put the stuff. But <laughs> for, yeah, for yeah, for collaborative work on stuff like that, Trello is just an awesome platform to be working in. I think. Yeah, we kind of you know divide and conquer. So I'm doing the audio production, and Joe is in charge of all the show notes and all the listener mail, and then Matt does the video. So you know now. Trello has, you know, IFTTT integration. So I've set it up. So our website, anytime, you know, an email comes into the web form on our website, it makes a card in Trello with the right label on it. 
And so all the listener mail that we get gets pumped into Trello cards. And then Joe can go through those cards and he can sort them and he can group them and, you know, decide what he wants to cover. And so we're, we're trying to automate a lot of these things using Trello and, and things like IFTTT and stuff uh, as much as we can uh, to sort of help with some of the, the workload. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's working pretty well so far. I probably overuse formulas in IFTTT, to be honest, because, I mean, that's what I'm using to, obviously, you can tell if you looked at our Twitter account. It, that's how posts go to Twitter, and that's how posts go to our Tumblr page and all that kind of stuff, too. So it's, uh, you know, it's sort of generic, um, but still, it, it gets us out there, at least. It's a start, so. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's tough. It's a tough balance of trying to maintain that human contact or humanness of a thing because everybody can yeah. everybody can read it and know when it's like an automated thing and we all know and understand why but but yeah there is a difference yeah. between that sort of human touch of whatever and of a post or a tweet or whatever and a automated thing but yeah it's it as a nerd on many levels it's hard not to play with the automation stuff because it's just kind of fun <laughs> hit one yeah. button somewhere and have it go out to like 30 different things and auto do all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we decided to start this thing, uh, we sat down and had a meeting and said, you know, guys, I've got basically six hours I can play with here, you know, in a month. And I can't be going out and doing updates on Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff. We have to decide what we're going to do and we got to stick with it and we got to pick something that we think is doable. So, you know, we, kind of had a conversation and said, okay, let's automate, you know, Tumblr, because we were already on Tumblr. Let's automate Twitter. Um, you know, we'll get some automation going just because we're posting on YouTube on Google+. Plus. So we've kind of got that taken care of. And I think the consensus was, well, let's just focus on making the best podcast we can and setting up the best, nicest looking website we can and call it good enough. And uh, that's where we're at now. But, you know, who, who's to say? I mean, if if we were ever able to get to a point where, you know, this, this was generating, uh, more money. Um, I don't know, maybe we'd invest in some other channels, but right now it's, it's about fun. And I've kind of gone down that road before where something started as fun and then turned into work. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I can't do that anymore. You yeah. know? So no, yeah, definitely. we just, yeah, we're just trying to be cautious. Didn't want to go down that road, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I hear you there for sure. It's, it's too easy to all of a sudden realize, look back and re- recognize you spent 10 hours on this thing that was supposed to be a quick one hour Minecraft video or whatever the case. Yeah. Be. Right. <laughs> well, the other um, podcasters that are in your network, do they produce their own podcasts or do you guys assist in that capacity or are they responsible for their own audio production stuff too? For the most part, thus far we've, the people we've brought on are able to do it themselves. And then Good. we would, there's, that's again, the quality control thing where, you know, sometimes we, should probably step in and have just not in terms of content or anything like that, but just in terms of audio production stuff, Kyle and I both definitely care a lot more about it. And it's not that our other hosts don't care. It's just, they run out of time. It's their hobby and they can't spend that extra hour or whatever EQing things and stuff. And so um, that's part of the, the Ophonic thing is that it's, it's automated. It's good enough that it's, with the automation that it does that allows us to then produce some of that stuff for people without having them. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes, but, um, cause it is like a, audio quality is the, is going to be the, one of the bigger determining factors for people to tune out, even if they like the content. So yeah, yeah. but, but yeah, well, it's, it's the CMS we have is 
for running good stuff is automated enough that people it's or easy enough sorry that people can log in post their own show upload files and stuff and it's not that's a good big headache that way so yeah so, well, well that yeah that takes uh that takes some stuff off your plate then right i mean i i can't even imagine running a network i can i'm 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 hanging on by a thread making my own <laughs> podcast so <laughs> i don't think i could run any yeah. network but yeah that's awesome yeah cool well i should get going so i can get this out today and uh i'll uh i'll make, be sure to ping you on twitter or whatever when it's when it's out and and thanks again for coming on well yeah. thanks so much chris i really do appreciate it yeah we'll uh chat again sometime i'm sure yeah, good luck up there, up up north. Stay out of the smoke, man. Stay out of the smoke.